Chicago Bears running back Khalil Herbert was one of the biggest winners in week one of the preseason, but who else impressed? All that and more in this episode of Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at Kate Majuk. Kate uh, is dealing with a little bit of a cold after just yelling all weekend long because we have preseason <laughs> football. It's back. It's so exciting. But Kate, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. I've been better, but you know what, Marcus, uh, the perfect cure for a cold uh, I think is just fantasy football and, and talking about fantasy football. Yeah. So uh, we're here to break down some of the, the biggest winners of the week one preseason games. And like, you know, you always have to take the preseason with a grain of salt because, you know, not everybody is starting even like, you know, starting running backs might not be playing behind their starting offensive lines or, you know, like there are so many variables that make it a difficult yes analysis but you know we get a chance to scope out some players you know further down the depth chart and and we don't always get to see that but that is a lot of opportunity for dynasty so I'm I'm excited about that so one of our first winners over the weekend is Khalil Herbert the running back for the Chicago Bears Um, didn't see a ton of action in this game but did start four for 15 on the ground but that's not why we're talking about him today one reception for 56 yards and a touchdown on a screen pass looked absolutely unbelievable on that play. Kate, what was your takeaway from Khalil Herbert this weekend? I, I think the the most notable takeaway, probably like we could ignore the the touchdown. I don't expect him to uh, be catching screen passes and taking them to the house every single game. The real takeaway for me is that he played every single one of the starting snaps with Justin Fields in the lineup. And this has been a backfield that we've largely, I, I think, you know, n- not not particularly me, um, but I'm I'm all about you know the the Khalil Herbert train, right? Like I, I've said consistently, like from an analytics standpoint, he's given you everything that you could possibly want. Um, but there were a lot of question marks. Deontay Foreman was added in free agency. They drafted Roshan Johnson, um, but like when you look at his production when he's given the opportunity last year among running backs with a hundred or more rushing attempts, Herbert led the league with 5.7 yards per carry an absurd 3.67 yards after contact per attempt that ranked third among running backs, like didn't have a ton of work, but was incredibly productive. And we saw a lot of that, that play strength for Khalil Herbert. And he could regress by a whole yard per carry this year and still be one of the most efficient running backs in the league. Like there's just so much yes. room for him to regress, but still be super valuable. Yes, absolutely. And you know, like the, the, the value of Khalil Herbert right now, I definitely think falls from the question marks about the backfield, but like, man, you looked at rookie Roshan Johnson, who, you know, we've both been very high on mm-hmm. just as a whole, but um, I mean, played, you know, 
through the end of the game. Like, yeah, I was going to say, almost all of his work came in the second half and late in the second half. Yeah, like he, it, you know, this wasn't a, a, you know, a team that was looking inclined to remove him from the from the game at any point in the game, nope. literally. Nope. Um, but I mean, none of the none of the running backs were were efficient. Um, you know, Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, none of them cracked um, for rush or four yards per rush attempt. But again, working with the backups, but. Um, you know, Khalil Herbert, I do think just like from a skill set perspective, from the fact that he played every single, it, you know, the Bears didn't rotate, uh, you know, running backs. It was the mm-hmm. Khalil Herbert show. And that's what you need to be watching for in the preseason. What they end up doing, it matters, but that doesn't matter as much. It's the usage and how, when they're on the field and how they're being used. And that's why it's really easy to get on Khalil Herbert because he's working with the starters. We saw them target him in the passing game pretty quickly in this one. I I agree. I think Khalil Herbert's one of the biggest winners of the weekend. Um, In my redraft leagues, I'm moving him up. In my dynasty leagues, I'm moving him up because we know the effect that having a rushing quarterback helps. He's going to have that all year with Justin Fields. Um, So, again, I'm I'm in on Khalil Herbert. I want to just mention somebody else from this game. On the other side of the ball, I thought Malik Willis actually looked pretty good. Now, if you look at the box scores, it'll say 189 yards in interception. His interception was on a throw that was a little bit high for a tight end, uh, but something that was certainly catchable, bounced off his fingers, was picked off in the end zone. He made some unbelievable throws in this game, including one where he was drifting to the right, threw it across his body to a wide-open guy, also had a rushing touchdown, I'm not saying to go out and trade for Malik Willis or anything like that, but I will say in year two, he just looked so much more comfortable than we saw him at any point last year. Yeah. And it even got, you know, three, three rush attempts. You mentioned the the rushing touchdown there, but um, a, a long run of 13 yards, like had, you know, I, I think we knew Malik Willis coming out was going to be raw, but I, I think people the expectations were still really high for Malik Willis. Yep. So a, a year in to this process and, you know, starting to see that comfort level, I think is really what you want to see from Malik Willis coming into the season. Like, yes, Ryan Tannehill is the starter, but if Malik Willis could be the running back that, that, you know, we had hoped, uh, you know, we know that running quarterbacks can sustain a lot, a much lower passing volume, mm-hmm. um, a much lower, uh, you know, passing yardage, uh, lower passing efficiency, if they can supplement that with the, the run game. And we know that, that Malik Wills can. So I don't know that he'll he'll earn the job uh, no, as probably a backup. But... Confident, right? That was the thing for me. It was like he just looked yeah. so much better and more confident and competent. And maybe that leads to the Titans eventually trading him and giving him a different situation. But he looked good. That's, that's really all the takeaway that I had. Yeah, right. I, I agree. Let's get to some other week one winners from uh, this past weekend because there were quite a few players that caught my eye that also caught Kate's eyes, including a second-year running back to the with the Raiders that we will get to next. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. August is here, and you know what that means. It is the official start of fantasy football drafting month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on underdog fantasy. All you have to do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades, and underdog will set your best possible lineup every single week. 
Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. It's the largest fantasy football contest of all time. It's back. It's better than ever. With $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July. So don't wait around. We've already got one week of the preseason under our belts. Go draft right now while there's still value to be had. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code LOCKDOWN to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That is underdog fantasy promo code LOCKEDON. All right, Kate, let's talk about Zamir White with the Raiders. Still no Josh Jacobs as he continues to not have a contract playing on the franchise tag. Zamir White, pretty good on uh, Sunday. Pretty good on Sunday. And, you know, I'll say again, this is one of those situations where I feel like the box score doesn't necessarily reflect, um, I, I think, how good he looked on the field. Like, first, there's no denying, and maybe, Marcus, you could shed some more light on on where the, the Raiders are at with Josh Jacobs, but doesn't seem like there's a lot of progress there. Zamir White, like, coming out of Georgia, just very explosive mm-hmm explosive back has a lot of bursts to him um but you know hasn't necessarily made a mark in the passing game like there's there's a lot of of work that he had to do coming into this league but you know the absence of Josh Jacobs has provided him every opportunity to get those reps that I think he very much needed to refine that game yeah I thought Zamir White looked really good the other thing that was really encouraging is he played almost all the snaps with the starters pretty exclusively the RB one there. They were running him inside. They were doing some outside stuff with him. Now what we didn't see in this game, which is a little discouraging is him being involved in the passing game, but the running backs combined in this game, all of the running backs combined got two targets. So I wouldn't stress out about it too much, but to me, he's the clear cut RB two here. And we know this is a productive backfield because Josh Jacobs just left led the NFL in rushing yards and yards from scrimmage last year. I I I really like Zamir White. I think he's one of the I don't love the handcuff running backs, but I think he's one of the few handcuffs that I I want to grab because I could even see him having a, some standalone value in this offense when Josh Jacobs comes back because he's just too talented to keep off the field. He's really talented. I think that, you know, for for where the Raiders drafted him, like it, it he very much, I think, has a a chance to be a big part of this run game through yep. the length of his rookie contract. Now, um, you know, like I, I think part of, you know, some hesitancy there maybe in the NFL draft also came down to the fact that like dude has a, a history of two torn ACLs like yep. that. That can be pretty scary for a, you know, a player at a position that doesn't have much longevity to begin with. Um but just overall, he's, you know, I think a smooth runner, runs with a lot of bursts, a lot of power. And the the usage that we saw here in week one of the preseason tells me that, like, if this situation continues with, with Josh Jacobs, like, you know, we could be looking at the future of the running back yep. position for the, the Las Vegas Raiders. We should also mention the running backs that were behind Zamir White. Yes. It's- Amir Abdullah, who I actually still kind of like a little bit as a third down back. Damian Williams, who the Raiders signed, I believe it was on Friday. And Sincere McCormick. Um, not great, Kate. Not great. No. <laughs> uh, so, there's there's a lot of opportunity there for, for him. And like the, 
the tear break between Zamir White and the rest of those running backs. Like this kid is not even 24 years old. Um, right now, ADP has him as as RB 65 on Nothing. Dynasty League Football. Right. Like um, he's free. He's going uh, being drafted in Dynasty startups behind um, behind uh, Jeff Wilson, uh, yeah. like who who hasn't been healthy, like is buried on the depth chart. Like why aren't we going after Zamir White here? Uh, you know, some recent trades, Zamir White for the three eleven. Oh, give me Zamir, Zamir White. White. Yeah. Zamir White for the 311 and the 411. Sure. Why not? Um, <laughs> one of the, uh, like uh, another trade um, more recently that I'm I'm not going to take the Zamir White side, but Zamir White for AJ Dillon just kind of goes to show you that mm-hmm. like the market is kind of all over the place for Zamir White. It's worth a look in your dynasty leagues. It's a speculative ad. Like, let's not forget that, you know, we just saw a situation very similar to this play out um, with Le'Veon Bell and and people were holding on to Le'Veon Bell, didn't uh, make the move to handcuff with James Conner. And we saw James Conner finish as an RB1 that season. Yep. I'm not saying Zamir White's there, but, you know, the, the Raiders have spoken. And if it's not Jacobs, it's probably yep. going to be White. So a couple of things just really quickly. Um, on Zamir White, I think there's a chance. Let's say Jacobs holds out for two games, which I could very easily see happening. There's a chance that Zamir White just gets like 80% of the snaps in the backfield. Or, you know, maybe a little bit less, but like he's going to be the guy because they just really don't have an option. And then on top of that, Josh Jacobs is somebody with a pretty extensive injury history all the way back to Alabama. He's even a good guy just to keep on your bench when Josh Jacobs comes back because there's going to be it just happens. There's going to be a two game stretch where Jacobs misses time with an ankle injury and every, you're going to play Zamir white as like a high end RB two because the offense pretty good. Like I, I know people want to dunk on Jimmy Garoppolo and everybody else, but this offense is going to be pretty good this year. Um, and he's going to play a lot. So go out and grab Zamir white. I was going to also say, Kate, there's a dynasty league that I was in with short benches. He was in free agency yesterday. So it's like, Go pick him up. It's it's Back. worth just putting him on your roster until you, we have some more answers about this Josh Jacobs situation. Yep, especially in in you know some more casual dynasty leagues like Zamir White, not a sexy name, um, no. not a not a world beater in terms of like his draft capital, etc. So like he's not a, a common household name in some of your more casual dynasty yep. leagues. Like it, the value could be there, absolutely. I also want to mention one more player from the Raiders who I thought looked really good. And again, this is a, we're talking deep, deep, super flex dynasty, but Aiden O'Connell looked awesome. Okay. He was 15 of 18 for 141 yards and a touchdown. Two of his three incompletions were absolute dimes that he threw to Trey Tucker that he just dropped, which we can have a conversation about Trey Tucker later, but Aiden O'Connell looked good. And and considering the quarterbacks ahead of him are Jimmy Garoppolo, who had offseason foot surgery and can't stay healthy, and Brian Hoyer, I won't be surprised if Aiden O'Connell starts some games this year. Absolutely. Looked fantastic. Looked just so poised. Like, I, I was watching Aiden O'Connell versus what we saw out of, like, C.J. Stroud, and I know, like, I'm not going to make comparisons between the two, but, like, from like a poise perspective and like a, a comfort level perspective, um, Aiden O'Connell actually looked like the better quarterback out there and he was making some 
some big plays. And I think, you know, perhaps on like the flip side of that too, like, um, you know, maybe dynasty managers can be a little bit more comfortable with some of the receiving assets. That in the was mix my there. as well. Yes. Because I think what he showed is that, you know, the, maybe the, the drop off between him and Jimmy Garoppolo, like, yeah, they, maybe there's a, a small, small drop off there, but it, it's probably not going to be what anybody would have probably expected prior to seeing the way that he was able to process the field. That was a hundred percent. My takeaway. It's not to go out and grab Aiden O'Connell. It's just, if things go terribly for the Raiders this year with injuries at quarterback, you're going to drop Devontae Adams down a little bit like in your weekly ranks and your dynasty ranks, but I don't think it's going to be a full-blown disaster. I think Aiden O'Connell, he turns 25 on September 1st, so he's a little bit older of a quarterback anyways. A bunch of starts at Purdue. I think he could keep the ship afloat a little bit for you know Jacoby Myers, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs when he comes back, Michael Mayer a little bit, so... Look good. We'll see if it continues next week when they take on the Rams. Uh, I, I want to see if Aiden O'Connell can put together another strong game. Kate, as always, this is the Cowboy Show. We've got to talk about a Cowboy that impressed us over the weekend. We'll get to that next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get a bonus bet every single time they win in the regular season. Again, all you have to do is just pick a team to win the Super Bowl. Maybe you pick the Cowboys. Wouldn't that be great? And every time they win, you're going to get a bonus bet. You can use that bonus bet on the spread, player props, over-unders, future bets, and so much more. I absolutely love betting the futures market. I love betting who's going to make the playoffs, who's going to win the division. Those are my favorite bets. But if you want to go bet on... Is Tony Pollard going to go to get over 1,000 rushing yards? You can do that as well. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. All right, Kate, I didn't even put you up to this. I, I, I let you make the decision here. Tell us why Jake Ferguson, tight end for the Dallas Cowboys, was one of your biggest winners of the weekend. There were actually a couple of Dallas Cowboys that are winners, like shout out Deuce Vaughn as well. Um, yes. Eight carries, 50 yards, uh, had the the rushing touchdown to boot, just looked like a guy that isn't a super, super small running, like a historically small running back. He looked um, like somebody who can buy a house in Dallas because he's going to be there for a little bit. Yeah. And I know like there have been questions, is he going to make the team? I think it's a resounding yes. Yep. Um, so shout out to shout out to Deuce Vaughn. But I, I mean, Jake Ferguson, based on his his rookie season in 2022, a guy that I was really excited to see, especially with the departure of Dalton Schultz. What was he going to do with that opportunity um, was was pretty efficient as a tight end in his rookie season. Uh, saw that translate really well, uh, you know, ran eight routes, was targeted on three of them. Uh, 38 receiving yards. That's 4.75 yards per route run uh, in in that one week. Ranked fourth among all tight ends that played in the NFL this week. Um, just looked poised. And and Marcus, he was targeted with that first team offense, which I think can't be understated. Yeah, I think the Cowboys' first three passing plays all went to Jake Ferguson, and he made this incredible catch down the seam. Uh, I will also say, not that this matters a lot for fantasy, but was awesome as a blocker, which just means he's going to be on the field a lot. I I think what's going to happen for the Cowboys is that 
that tight end two role between Luke Schoonmaker, maybe it's Sean McEwen or Peyton Hendershot. Those guys are going to rotate, but Jake Ferguson's going to be the tight end on the field when it comes to passing situations. I, I mean, we've been saying this all offseason. I think Jake Ferguson is one of the best late round tight ends that you can grab because number one, we know that Dak Prescott loves throwing to the tight end every year that Dak was healthy and that Dalton Schultz was on the field. Dalton Schultz was sitting as like a top six tight end. I don't necessarily expect that from Jake Ferguson, but a top 12 tight end this year, I think that's absolutely in the realm of possibilities. And he cost you basically nothing. I, Ferguson for me was again, one of the biggest winners of this uh, week one. Yeah. It's, it's just so hard to, to find a, capable tight end right especially um you know one that is is young and has some upside like jake ferguson not even 25 years old yep. um being drafted on average as the tight end 29 that's like behind you know far behind uh luke's how do you say his name luke schoonmaker 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 um, far behind Luke Schoonmaker, behind Gerald Everett, Dawson Knox, Juwan Dot, like every every everybody that um, is also a question mark is being drafted well ahead. So I'm going to take the guy that like has been really analytically sound so yes. far in his his NFL career, who has been targeted often. And it, like you said, Marcus, the the point it, Dak Prescott likes to target the tight end yes. position, and it's been a point of emphasis all throughout his career. Uh, I don't think it's going to stop now, uh, now that suddenly Jake Ferguson has the opportunity and he's proved he could do something with it. And the Cowboys love targeting tight ends in the red zone. Uh, Dalton Schultz was always good for seven, eight touchdowns. Peyton Hendershot had some touchdowns last year. Ferguson had a couple. Um, There's just not many tight ends in Dynasty right now that are 24 years old, playing with a good quarterback. And playing on one of the best offenses in the league, like we know the Cowboys with Dak every year are going to be a top five offense in terms of points per game, yards per game. Give me Jake Ferguson, and let's just see how this thing plays out. Because, again, you mentioned the cost. It costs you nothing to get Ferguson, and it seems like he's locked and loaded to be the number one tight end on this team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, All in on Jake Ferguson. Bye, bye, bye. Absolutely. All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen of the day. On tomorrow's show, Matt and Ryan are back. They're going to be talking about some week one losers. They're going to be doing some of the the negative side of the show. We like to be positive here, Kate, on Locked On Dynasty. But (laughs) Matt and Ryan tomorrow talking about some of the losers from week one. Be sure to tune in for that. Go check out our show on YouTube. We post shows every single day over there. Uh, We really try to push the YouTube channel. So please help us out. Go subscribe. Go follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Monjuk. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We are free and available on all platforms, and we will see you right back here tomorrow.